Here is a, a line or two from an article written by our next guest a week or so ago. The reason an emergency is an emergency is due to the fact that something happened which is out of the ordinary, requiring a response that is out of the ordinary to resolve it. Communication is the most important resource in emergencies. Rogers Communications recently had another major outage where multiple dependent systems failed. The article in the Sun newspapers right across the country a few days ago, Lessons from the Rogers Outage. It is written by a good friend of this program, and it's always a pleasure to welcome Alex Vesna back to our show. Alex is uh, a professor uh, teaching disaster and emergency management at York University when he's not at his other job, CEO of Prepared Canada Corporation. Alex Vesna, good morning and welcome back. Good morning. Happy to be back, Sterling. Good to have you with us. The The Rogers outage, we uh, here in Vancouver, about as far away from downtown Toronto as you can imagine, anywhere in the country. And three of my teammates on the morning of that weekend, of course, the, the outage happened on a Friday and power uh, and, and the connection was gradually being restored throughout the following weekend. But the morning after, all three of my teammates, Alex, had no connection with the outside world. They were all Rogers customers. I'm a TELUS guy. I was okay. Millions of Canadians were more than a little inconvenient. Uh, yeah, they they they, uh, they definitely would be. It's uh, not it's not the best to uh, be disconnected in a world where we've been uh, become pretty much completely dependent on. Uh on digital technology, by and large. Well, we assume, I think, a lot, and, and you call it naive and irresponsible for us to do so, but chances are a lot of us, when we sign on to these uh, services and all the rest of it, we, we do so with great trust and great confidence that, well, this is a top-notch organization. Nothing's ever going to happen here. And it's okay, I suppose, on the individual phone owner consumer level, Alex, but it's a very dangerous attitude if you're in any kind of government or policymaking position isn't it well just one clarification i don't know if i would i don't know if i phrased it um calling the general public naive and irresponsible because i think the general public might lack a point of reference on this okay people who've been born um like people who are uh 20 and under people who were born after 9-11 when everyone was given you know personal devices phones in their hand that were more powerful than the computers in the 90s mm-hmm don't know what it's like to not have a computer. Um, I don't know if it's as naive as much as they just haven't really had the... They've been, they've been born into it. Uh, but from a government point of view, if you're, uh, running, uh, if you're, if you're running a department that is uh, mandated to always be operational, to um, assume that you're always going to have a sole provider, uh, is incredibly unwise. Um, it's one of those, should it, you know, you should definitely know better problems. Um, and uh, I can get into the details of that if you want. Sorry, um, just in case I uh, I got sidetracked there. What was your question again? Oh, I, no, we were just talking about that, uh, the fact that uh, to to be to assume that nothing's going to ever go wrong at a policy making or government level is beyond naive. It's silly. Uh, let's uh, and that was basically my observation more than a question, Alex. But sure. it was, and I mean the best example, the most flagrant example that we all immediately relate to was the lack of nine one one service again for millions of people so keep in mind and this is this is a technicality but and it's an important distinction 911 service did not actually go down it went down in practice so the call centers were operational you could call in as long as you could make an outgoing call like right. they, they could receive ingoing calls um, the issue was 
um, was that the, the, per- the people making the call had only one system that their devices could work off of, um, which is a problem built into the phones. So if your area only has Rogers Towers and the, the phones are unable to connect to a different tower, there's no backup system in the phone to use a different tower, right. then if the Rogers system goes down, you can't call in. This isn't a 911 problem. This is a system that is trying to patch into the system problem. Like it, it's, 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 I think the distinction is important because 911 is not at fault here. Right, that's true. That's absolutely true. And perhaps I phrased it erroneously, but my point. No, no, most people do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, Alex. Now I know I'm in good company. Uh, but no, what I was, what I was after here was the fact that regardless of whether 911 could actually receive the call, if if you couldn't make the call, you were cut off. 911 wasn't cut off, but you were. So uh, right. uh, you know, phrasing uh, realities notwithstanding. A lot of people were simply in the dark. Yes, they were. And further, and I think I'm going to say something here that's going to make a few people mad, but I tend to do that. So uh, businesses uh, very often were were also in the dark. And there are several businesses now with uh, the modernization of making um, payments uh, through Visa and really making... uh, Plasticless payments, where sure. you load your cards into your phone, and you don't even care, you don't carry cash, you don't carry even the cards anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, where if you lose internet, uh, you cannot make a transaction. Um, I I know many businesses that don't know how to take credit card imprints anymore. Um, po- uh, post uh, the onset of COVID, people kind of stopped bringing cash around. True. Um, but uh, but there are many businesses where if they don't have internet, they're done. And if if one has a business, and if the business has loses internet for three days, the business goes bankrupt. If if you're that risky, and you only have one ISP, one internet service provider, and you need it that badly, either a you're a fool, or b your business uh, plan is inviable. If you can't afford two ISPs to have a backup, and you need internet that badly, and it's that great of a loss, um, it. The, the area that you're working in isn't viable. Like, if, can, if Canadian internet is so expensive and you need it that badly, your business doesn't work in Canada, hmm. which may be a you problem, and it may be a Canada problem, <laughs> right? But there may be a few there may, there's different ways to look at this. But if you absolutely need something, and it's fundamental, you have to have a backup. Like, if, if your carbon monoxide detector goes off in your house, then the system of oxygen getting to you safely has failed, you don't stand in the house while the detector's blowing off, uh, going off and decide, okay, it's my time now. You get out of the damn house. Sure. Right? <laughs> like, like any system anywhere can fail for any reason, and you, and you have a backup. Or you have something to, to, to like, it's just, it's, it, to me, it's baffling right. that many businesses that needed Internet just threw their hands up in the air. And, there were, there, and, I mean, this is more of a social media phenomenon, but you had people that were lost Internet, couldn't make a TikTok update, and... Went ballistic. Yeah, where does it's VoIP like, come on, <laughs> Alex? What are you doing? Where does VoIP come into all of this? Because you talk in your article about voice over internet protocol, uh, and this you refer to this in the context of business backup systems, VoIP phones. Where, talk a little bit more about that as as how they may have played a part, more of a part in a, in a major phone breakdown like the Rogers outage. Sure. Okay. So VoIP voice voice over IP phones are are more. Uh, thought of to be as more modern phones. Um, basically, they're internet phones. So they're phones that uh, make their calls through the internet. 
they fundamentally need power in order to operate, and they need Internet in order to operate. Okay. So if your Internet goes out, your phone doesn't work. If your power goes out, your Internet goes out, and your phone doesn't work. Um, the Bell Copper landlines, and in, in this country it's Bell that basically has all of them, uh, have independent power sources. So if uh, you know how you can just take a phone line and just plug it into a phone, and even if your power's out, your phone works? Yeah. That's because it has an independent power source that's separate from the grid. So those lines will always work. In fact, if, as you know, working in, uh, working in telecommunications, uh, generally radio prefers if you call in on a landline because they know it's not going to drop. Right. Right. This is, this is why. So <laughs> This is one of the reasons why. So a VoIP phone, um, they have a lot more features, though, right? They're newer. They're digital. They can do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, if you make a phone call from your computer... Um, calling over Skype or disc, uh, or uh, doing Discord or uh, Zoom or anything like that, you're essentially using a voice over IP service. So the, the point is you need Internet and you need power. You lose either one of them, you're down. With a copper landline connection, you don't need power and you don't need Internet and you still have a phone. Uh-huh. Now, to businesses where they need communication in an emergency and they haven't trained all their staff on ham radio, they pretty much need a landline. And there are many businesses and um, some government agencies as well that basically rip them out. Um, either they only have one in the whole building where they can't run their business off of it, or they just don't have enough to communicate. Right. So consider, look at... You know, something something business, that basic and not terribly expensive in terms of uh, biting into the overhead, uh, a, no, pretty, a pretty no, good safety valve, right? No, it's not. And look, if, 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 if it's an individual family where... You know, inflation's been hard, and 50 bucks is whether or is, is the difference between whether or not kids can eat. Right. Don't have the landline. Okay, Good. fair enough. But if it's a business where there's millions of dollars of overhead anyways, it's one of those come-on situations. Like, you, you know, what are we doing? This, this, is, this is to believe that the thing that we're dependent on will never go down for any reason is a bit... Um, I know you said naive. I'll work with that in this context. <laughs> well, lots of lessons to be learned, Alex. A great article, by the way. It was it's uh, lessons from the Rogers outage. Google it, folks. It's in the the Sun newspaper group, and it was just a few days old. Uh, Alex Vesna is as our guest. Alex, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we appreciate some uh, analysis early in the day too. Thanks. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, happy back. Happy to see you later. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.